You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave, and it's a 5-1 Packers start. Yeah, I uh, I definitely saw this coming after last week. There's no question at all the Packers were going to roll over Houston. I, I can't believe I even, for a second, wondered how this was going to come out after seeing Houston's defense, Dave. Um, it's... Uh, it was it was pretty much a game where I really never felt the Packers were in any danger of losing this one. No, it helped that they got a touchdown in the first drive, which when I saw that they scored on each of their first drives all season, and you would have said, was it more field goals or touchdowns? I would have said it was more touchdowns. Like my memory had touchdowns in my head. But actually, this was the first time they scored a touchdown opening drive. It was always field goals every time. Is that right? And this huh. one was a touchdown. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Did you think it was more? Too. Yeah. I would have thought, what, uh, six games, I would have thought uh, at least four of those were, were, were touchdowns. <laughs> I know. I, I think I saw it was, uh, so six games, it was five field goals and uh, one touchdown. But I could be completely wrong, and now I have no way of, of going back and, and finding that. I think it was one of the uh, lead points in the athletic summary article that I read. But um Regardless, it was, I guess when I think of it, you know, there was a lot of, as I think about it, there were a lot of drives that kind of got stalled. And I do remember at least one or two of those, but apparently that happened five times. And this time they came with a touchdown and uh, that helped. I think had they come out with a three and out, which they almost did. I was thinking about this when the game started, the Packers started off with, they got to a third and two and then Rogers got sacked. And I remember thinking like, oh no, but he did some kind of weird as he was going down, he was like making a motion like there was a flag or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I thought, uh, he seems to see something. And sure enough, there was a flag. They get the first down, end up scoring. I wonder if the game would have been different had they had punted there. You know, they would have uh, third and third and 12 or fourth and 12 punt. Could it have, and say Texans score first? Um, yeah, I, I, the whole game would be different. I, I mean, I, that's a really weird sure. fork of the road, but it could. It's possible. Packers would have won, just would have won by ten as opposed to fifteen. Maybe, uh, maybe. But they, they, they were just a lot better uh, than Houston. Houston doesn't have much on on defense. They have a great quarterback. There's no doubt about that. And Randall Easter. Cobb, I thought played played well today. Uh, well, he had eight catches for almost 100 yards. Uh, but I, you know, I mean, they're just. They're just not a really good team at this point. They've already fired their coach. Um, you know, this is this is a case where a win's a win. We'll take it five and one. But this wasn't really a challenge for them. It was it was a good get well game after the Tampa situation. Yeah, so one of the uh, sports reporters for the Packers, I forget which one, but said, uh, you know, Houston is a great team for them to recover from last week's loss. And I thought, really? Because I looked at the last game they had. They scored a ton of points. And you saw the graphic that said that no one had ever lost with a quarterback having the stats yeah, that, yeah. That, he, that, uh, that Deshaun Watson had. It was 300-plus you know, like yards. 
75 percent completions right yeah you know it was it was of course my son pointed out well you know with that many passes was a lot of short passes and that's true they they didn't really throw the ball downfield a lot and i remember when i watched watson he used to be a guy that i i thought you know threw it deep a lot and and very accurately but i think they only threw the ball over 20 yards a couple times today um, so, you know, they were, they were trying to work the ball methodically downfield and the Packer defense, you know, was good enough to keep that from happening despite, you know, the fact that they've, they've had, they've had injuries and they lost some guys today during the, the game. Um, but they were playing without, you know, Kevin King out there. So yeah, I, I gotta say, given the fact that they were all without Bakhtiari, uh, without Aaron Jones, yeah. uh, you know, they, they played pretty well because they were spotting some of their best players and still able to win comfortably. Yeah. I, so who do you think played better, the offense or the defense today? I'm going um, to say, say the defense. I'm going to say that uh, because the fact that they, I think the offensive side of the ball for the Texans is better than their defense. And to hold them in check the way they did, uh, considering, you know, that they were losing players during the game. I mean, lost Chris Barnes during the game. And right. that was, that was troubling for a while. They lost Z- Zedarius Smith. Uh, you know, they also, um, Gary see, went down. It's like, right. Gary went down, but they were also playing without their uh, preferred middle linebacker who has been out now for a, a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, don't forget yeah. Darnell Savage was out and, uh, That's and right. mentioned yeah. Kevin King. So yeah, yeah. they, they had, they had so many guys that were second or third string that they had some guys I had never heard of before. Yeah, In fact, this, uh, I didn't even Henry, know when I read the uh, Henry, uh, description Black. after the game. Yeah, I mean, Henry, <laughs> I thought what Henry Black, and then and then Vernon Scott. I said, I looked at my son. I said, he was a draft choice, right? But I don't think I've ever seen him play before. <laughs> you know, it's like wow. Right. Well, I saw Vernon Scott, and I thought Scott. I remember him being a draft pick. But then I thought the other place that must have been from this Henry Black, I thought was that Scott because I didn't recognize him. Yeah, right. But then I read the the article that said, you know, even Henry Black, or I think it, Rogers made a comment about um, that they filled out the uh, bingo card from the training camp <laughs> Okay. because so many guys had plays. <laughs> and they mentioned, uh, you know, Camille Martin and this. Yeah, and then they yeah. said Henry Black. And I thought, that must be a typo. <laughs> no, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I saw I saw him out there, and I thought, who is that guy? And then yeah, I I realized they, I think they just promoted him from the from the practice squad, uh, but he made a, you know he made a couple of plays, you know. That I I think um, the one play that Vernon Scott made was you know he got a guy in the backfield and hung on to him, yeah. So the guy couldn't get anywhere. I thought you know that's the kind of play you win with because so often those guys they make that play and the running back kind of slips through the tackle. Right. But he couldn't bring him down, but he held him long enough for other people to get there. And, you know, th- those are the kind of things that make a big difference when you can get guys who aren't your first line guys to step up. Because throughout the season, you're going to gonna lose guys, you know. So I was, I was real pleased. The one guy I wasn't real pleased with, and maybe this goes just generally to the special teams, but, you know, Dexter Williams, um, yeah. he, he gets his one shot, right? I mean, he, the rap on him has been, you know, he's not a good blocker and you know and that's why he didn't make 
the team, and I think that that pissed them off because I don't think they wanted Jamal Williams on this team. I think they would really like to have a third string running back be uh, Dexter Williams, but the guy can't block. Well, on the punt team, why would you put a guy out there that is struggles that struggles to block? And sure enough, he got run over, and the and the punt gets blocked. So yeah. there's a guy who I'm not sure is long for the team. <laughs> you know, even though he's talented when he's carrying the ball. But he doesn't seem like do very well at the rest of the game. No, I mean they were short-handed, and I, yeah. I mean he'll be probably demoted back down. But well, the, look at this—the the next punt though. He, you know, that they brought out Jamal Williams on the next. They they brought out a starter to play special teams on the next time they punted. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. I looked to see, and in the, in the position that Dexter Williams was, he was on the right wing. Um, yeah, he was, he was not on the field and I'm just, I'm just wondering if they didn't just give him a bus ticket right there on the sidelines and you know, that was going to be it. Yeah. Dexter, I appreciate the effort. Exactly. Uh, just hit the showers. Well, look, look at this, uh, tackle chart, uh, as it lists here and think about this, this team, you know, it was 13 and three last year. The defense wasn't, I think super strong, but there were 13 okay. and three. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, were any of these guys active, you know, it, 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 let me just list these off. So the top two, is Raven Green and Chris Barnes? You know they didn't play much last year. Then Camille Martin. Well, Kamal. Raven Green was was hurt. Right. Uh, as I recall, he started early in the year and he got hurt. He missed a bunch of games. That's right. Yeah, but uh, he showed up today big time. I, I thought. I thought he played. You know, there were a couple times in coverage. You know that he looked weak, but that's going to happen. But you know, and so Green was on the team. I'm just you know he was yeah. not in any kind of tackle chart last year. But so it starts with Green, Barnes, Martin. Then you've got Adrian Amos. There's one. Then Will Redmond, Josh Jackson, Shannon Sullivan. Uh, you know, all those are, you know, either not on the team or backup guys. Then you got Sidarius and Preston Smith. Then you've got a list of Ty Summers, Henry Black, Billy Wynn. And yeah, then you've got Dean Lowry, Oren Burks, Kenny Clark. You know, then you said, have some, but these are guys that we've never hardly heard of. And, it might be a great that, you know, that they contributed. They had a good defensive game. But are these the guys that we're going to trust now for us this season? I mean, is this who we are? I'm going to, I'm going to trust Chris Barnes. I mean, I think he's, he's not trust badly you. hurt. But I, I think he's – that guy is a real, the real deal. I mean, he – I just can't believe he did not get drafted. That, that guy is solid. You know, he's, he's, he's a player. Now, Martin, we only saw a little bit of in the second half. And he kind of came in uh, after Barnes got hurt. So, uh, you know, I really don't know what to make of him other than his press clippings from the preseason. The practice in the preseason was outstanding, and he missed a lot of time on injured list. Uh, but he's, he looks bigger than he seemed to be at Minnesota. Now, maybe that's, I don't know, NFL training or something like that, or maybe it's just got better pads now or something. But he, he, he looks more substantial, like he actually could be a factor in the middle. And I think if you're playing – you know, Barnes and Martin side by side, I think you're going to have a couple of pretty good inside linebackers. I think that's true, too. Like, I mean, Barnes, I think, clearly has shown that he's a player and that he's might be good for us for a long time. Martin was kind of a dream. Like, maybe he's good, too. And then all of a sudden, we've got two inside linebackers that are actually, you know, solid, similar to, like, what Tampa. Could we have a young Tampa Bay middle linebacker yeah. situation yep. like that? That would be a dream. So I thought, hey, Martin plays today. Maybe we could see him. We I don't remember them playing at the same time. So I think we had Barnes played. And then when he went down, Martin came in. So we didn't have them at the same time, but who were our middle linebackers to start the season? Um, 
they had uh, the guy they picked up from the Browns. Yes, <laughs> that guy. This, this is this that's is much of an impact he's had. Yeah, Christian. Uh, yeah, but the rap on him Bale. was that. No, not uh, Christian Bale. Hell of an No, he he. The rap on him was that he got hurt a lot, and damned if he didn't get hurt. But he played okay when he was out there, and. You know, now he's literally an afterthought. I keep, duh. Kirksey. You know. Yeah, that's it. That's Christian who it was. But who is the other? Uh, I think they started Ty Summers next to him, I think. Was is, it? Is he it? the starter? I mean, I know. Um... Well, well, Barnes was out there a lot, too, at the beginning. I remember he... him, like, like who was 51? Is, is that is that Kyler Fackrell? No, it's not. It's somebody else. Yeah. So he was out yeah. there, too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not. So maybe sure. it was always Barnes. Barnes. Maybe we didn't have yeah. anyone other than Barnes. Yeah. I know we had Martinez last year, and I don't remember who else we might have had. But I mean, you know, could oh, it be they, that we've? They had they had the other guy that they picked up in a trade, uh, really good run stopper, but was terrible in the passing game. Ugh, how soon they forget, right? Yeah. So far, we've. If it's not written on the screen, no, <laughs> no, I don't remember the single player's ex- name. Exactly. Well, out of sight, out of mind. You know. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. So. Yeah, I, I think the defense wins, too. I thought Raven Green is um, – he seems to be able to cover and he seems to be able to tackle. Like he, he kind of is that tweener that actually does a decent job. I, the two middle linebackers, I think, are really active and fast and, and can tackle. Uh, Jair Alexander apparently is shutting everyone down. Yep. Um, yep. And it's hard to shower him with praises. And I read a little bit about it, and I think they probably talked about it in the postgame, because when he – He's not. His numbers don't show up if they never throw to him or a pass isn't completed. He had one pass defended. I guess when you look on the other side, who did he cover and who didn't make any catches? Um, you know, you know Randall he, Cobb had a big game, but I guess was he covering Brandon Cooks or was it well, Will Fuller? Yeah, I think probably Fuller. But who, who was the guy had the catch in the end zone and then Alexander? ripped it out of the guy's arms so he wasn't able to complete all the way to the ground. That was, I think, the pass defended that he had. It saved yeah. a touchdown, and I thought that might have been Fuller. If Fuller or Stills or Cooks, yeah. I mean, all those guys yeah. kind yeah. of interchangeable yeah. to me. Um, and then maybe that's why Randall Cobb had such a big game is that, you know, Alexander shut down somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess Josh Jackson would have had a decent game if, you know, the there was another wide receiver that, Went off for 196 yards like Devontae Adams did. Um, I, I think we got to tip our hats to the defense. And when I look at the first half, when it really makes, I think, such a big difference, the Houston Texan offense, who did score a lot of points last week, and they, this might be a team that's given up. I mean, you have to, yeah. that this, you know, as much as I don't want to be a, a negative, but well, them and the Cowboys, the, the Cowboys have given up too, apparently. <laughs> yeah, all Jeez. the Texas teams, but for te- for tennis or for Houston, it was three and punt, six plays and punt, six plays punt, nine plays but a missed field goal, and then the end of the half. I mean, that's a great defensive start. You're up twenty-one nothing. You you got to hand it to the defense when that happens because they're getting the the offense is getting the ball back, and it wasn't like the offense just. Every time they touched the ball, they had one, two punts in the first half. So, you know, they still came up up 21 nothing, and always had that comfortable lead. I, I don't, I'm not ready to say the defense has turned a corner or maybe, hey, our defense looks really good or like what Rogers said after that Bears game 
was it last year? He said, we've got a yeah, defense. A defense. Yeah, it was, it was after the opener, I think, is when they he said that. But they played well. And I, I don't think, you know, I, I guess I just what I wonder is how much has this team given up? You know, Packers come out, score a touchdown, they go three and out, and it just slowly deteriorates in terms of effort. And, you know, it, to call last week a fluke, like Rogers seems very intent on calling. Um, is that is that fair to say at this point? I don't I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't I don't know that it's a fluke. This week was I think a team that they're they're talking about selling off their parts. I mean, they're talking about you know JJ Watt getting rid of him. In fact, I wonder if Randall Cobb isn't available, which I think would be a good target for. Would you the want Packers. him? Yeah, I yeah. would. would After you seeing over... him play today, yeah. Well, I saw um... Chris Raleigh. Yeah, he. He wrote to us and, and said Michael Gallo from, uh, from Dallas, another team, which is why I mentioned him, who seems selling. to have given up. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. So and he's the number three guy, and he's also younger and probably cheaper. Uh, that, that may be a really good target uh, for them, but uh, you're going to have to give up something, and it depends on what they're willing to give up at this, at this point. You know? And also, too, they can't be too expensive, which is why Cobb might be a problem because the Packers are going to have to do some signing in the offseason. They, you know, they got four guys that they probably, you know, want to retain as, you know, starting with Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones. And if they acquire any more big salaries, that's going to cause them cap problems. Yeah, I would think that isn't anyone that you would trade and sign would be someone that you'd be having for this year and then you reevaluate at the end of this year, not a a big three or four year contract or something. But um but I want to come back to uh, you know something I read was you know they're looking at possible trades before the deadline and they had the yep. Packers trading I guess it was all Packer trades they had a few that like trading off Sternberger to somebody and they had a few others but the the top one was trading with Texas uh, getting JJ uh, Watt and William Fowler for draft picks like a two a fourth and a fifth. But it's, and, the, it's it's Watt's contract is so huge though. That yeah, I know. Your cap, yeah. I know. Yeah, and I don't know where he. I mean, he's disruptive, and you don't know how much he's giving up too. I mean, he looked like he had a a big desire to do well against his his former home state, favorite, yeah, 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 favorite team, but he just couldn't do it well, all on his own. But, but you know, also, as a, he's thirty one years old too, and yet you wonder, you know, obviously his best is behind him. Uh, you're kind of you're kind of paying for his name rather than you know what he's going to produce going forward. I I would be a little bit concerned about that. Well, do you think they should do anything at this point? Well, you know I would not be against them. You know if they can get like you know a a Randall Cobb might not be a bad idea. You know I'd have to look at the what the cap implication would would be or like uh, Chris Raleigh suggested, uh, you know, Michael Gallo from, from Dallas. And again, you have to take a look at what the contract is. I know Gallo is a fairly young player. He'd be, he's number three for them, which means he'd be a little bit more affordable. You won't have to give up as much to get him, too. So, yeah, something like that, I think, you know, that would be okay uh, as far as I'm concerned. But the, while J.J. Watt is appealing because, hell, he's J.J. Watt, he's 6'7", he's you know, a big guy that can move, his contract and his age would be concerning to me. And I, I think they might be in a posture where, you know, getting someone the equivalent of whatever the, the Howard Green trade, you know, or not trade, I guess they signed him off the street, you know, maybe somebody like, hell, maybe they sign up, you know, a Clay Matthews, uh, depending on the injury to 
you know, Barnes, if, if they're going to have problems in the, in the middle of the field, maybe Clay can play inside. I don't, I don't know what he would cost, but I, as far as I know, he's unsigned and out there. But of, of all the positions, is there anyone that you would address more than other? I have a definite opinion, which you'll hear well, about in a second. But do you offense, offensive line? I think is probably, in my opinion, their greatest need. I am not comfortable uh, with Richard Wagner. Uh, you know, well, now maybe if we were writing a you know a German opera, uh, I would want him at right guard. Yeah, uh, but uh, I'm not comfortable. Apparently, with that's. Not that doesn't help on Sundays. Yep. No, it it does. Well, it doesn't, unless unless the Met is is open on Sunday, and you know, <laughs> that's, um, that's but true. Then, you know, when you're not wide receiver. No, I I uh. just, Kate. I think one of one of the things that is I think true about this offense, at least it's supposed to be true, is that the scheme gets guys open, and that does seem to be the case. I mean, they do seem to have a lot of guys running open. And if that's the case, you don't need somebody that is able to work himself open uh, because the scheme is going to get these guys open and you don't need to win one-on-one battles where you need a, a special, an A.J. Green kind of, kind of player. Um, and I also don't want somebody that Aaron's going to lock on you know, and, and you know, target 16 times like he did Devontae Adams today. Uh, so I, I, I guess I would be more concerned about how long is the injury to Bakhtiari? And uh, is he going to come back full strength? Is he going to be diminished? And if he goes down again, what are you going to do? I wasn't crazy about, you know, putting Billy Turner over at left tackle. I mean, you maybe could get away with that this week against a, a challenge defense. Uh, but I don't know if you're going to be able to do that against teams you're going to face going forward. I mean, they got San Francisco on the schedule. Uh, they're probably going to wind up playing, you know, Tampa again if they make the playoffs. Um, I don't, I don't feel good about their tackle situation right now. And I, I would rather that they, uh, Dave help me guy. They had last year at, at tackle. Um, yeah. and I think he's on uh, the street. No, uh, still too. Oh God. No, exactly. You're talking yeah, about yep. I'm out of my freaking mind. Any, anyway, but you know, somebody, wasn't he yeah, a patriot? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I, I think that they're okay in the interior on the offensive line. Uh, but I, I am not comfortable with, with who they have it. I'm not comfortable actually with Billy Turner at, at right tackle, let alone left tackle. So the, I, I would like to see some fortification there. I think that would, to me would be more important than uh, a wide receiver. So here's the thing. I think if everyone is healthy now, if Bakhtiari is out for a significant amount of time or the season, then yeah, offensive line is a, is a big area of need. But if he comes back, what you're asking to do is maybe sign someone to shore up the offensive line in case someone gets hurt, which inevitably happens, and that's fair. But I think right now, even with the starters, with everyone healthy, we have one wide receiver. Um, actually, I should take that. But if Lazard came back and played, you know, I, I would feel comfortable that we have you know, one premier and, and a second solid. But we drop off significantly because I, I'm just ready to say – MVS is not a player for them, at least this year. And he, I think I was probably really negative on Devontae Adams. I was in, too. What was it 2013 or 14? Whenever it was, <laughs> it was, it was his, he just his second season. Yeah. I, I gave up on, I think we, I think we both did. Uh, but yeah. th- that was a mistake. <laughs> and, that it was. Guy, and maybe MVS, yeah. And maybe that's, you know, that some players just take, need that, you know, year after year training and coaching and all of a sudden the light clicks and, and there you have, it. I mean, I think Jamal Williams, you know, he's, he was not the player 
a few years ago that he is now. It's because, you know, I think he's been in the system. He's super comfortable. He's he's there. But this year, NVS as your number three or, heaven forbid, number two is invisible. I, I think this guy can – he might make a great play, but, you know, it's going to be a 50-50 deal. He's going to kill you. He's going to drop – Drop balls. I think he's going to run routes incorrectly. I think Rodgers isn't going to throw to him, so they don't have to cover him as much, even though, you know, I look at the defense and think something's got to be open. There's so many guys at the line of scrimmage. Well, guess what? MVS is on on the outside one-on-one. Well, they should make him pay, you know, that MVS should be running down the sideline, and now all of a sudden you got to drop a safety back. But I don't feel like MVS is – anyone is scared of it, and Rodgers is going to throw it to him. But if you – I'm not saying they need to get A.J. Green, but if you had him out there, are you going to leave A.J. Green out there one-on-one? Well, if you don't and you drop a safety, then maybe when Jones and Williams has a running play, they get 10 yards instead of five. So I think that the fact the Packers won, they scored 35 points, but the way they did it is they threw the ball 13 times to Devontae at almost 200 yards, that that's great today. For some unknown reason, I guess what I read was the Texans decided to single cover Adams, which makes no sense to me. A team that's going to play the same lineup, same team, they double Devontae and take him out, that the offense would collapse. And I feel like if you had another wide receiver, then – and I don't feel like they should have five wide like they did back in 2011. I think they need at least one more receiver that's respectable. Then you've got at least two wide receivers that are good. You've got two running backs that are good, maybe three, hopefully. And then you've got tight ends who are active. Then you've got a really dynamic offense that I think can can hang with the Tampas and the San Franciscos. But if even though we won, I think the way we won with this focus on Devontae um, is, is going to come back to bite us down the road. Well, I get what you're saying because I don't you know, like the fact that uh, they had um, 34 targets and – Almost half of those was to one guy, and that yeah, that's that is out of kilter. But but let's say you brought in, you know, I don't know, uh, AJ Green. I mean, just, just you know, somebody who's got a name like that, or <laughs> Randall Cobb. As far as that goes, uh, if it's Randall Cobb, maybe Rogers would would trust that and would and would use him as a complimentary guy. But if it's right. not somebody he knows, he's still going to be looking at Adams for one thing. Uh, Adams, you know, knows the system, and whoever they bring in is not going to know the system. And let's the whole trust thing, you know. I I don't know that Aaron is necessarily going to trust somebody he hasn't played with or doesn't really know the system. So he's still going to probably focus on Devontae because, you know, that's kind of kind of what Aaron does, and that's what he did last week, and and it got burned. He got burned twice that way with interceptions. So yeah, it's 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 a it's definitely a concern. I. Think what needs to happen is he needs to be more willing to throw the ball to big to Big Bob Tunyon. By the way, it's not Tanyan. Just want to be clear on that. I don't know if you if you saw that this week that uh, Big Bob corrected people that its name is Tanyan, not Tanyan. But anyway, Wait, I didn't hear what, what, how, I didn't I couldn't tell the difference. Say it again. Tanyan as opposed to Tanyan. Tanyan like uh, uh, like sixteen funyan? tons. What? Yeah, Funyan. That's like, what uh, I think. Onion Funyan. I, it I rhymes think, with Funyun. I, I think what he said was, yeah, it, it rhymes with Funyun. Yeah. It's supposed to uh, Tanyan. Uh, so, uh, Tanyan. Yeah. Okay. Tanyan. Yeah. Well, you, know, you know what? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it the way I – it's Big big Bob Tanyan as far as yeah. 
<laughs> I'm concerned until he makes an all pro or something. But look, I, I want to I want to see him, you know, spread the ball around, you know, more than they than they have. Um, and I, I just you can't go 50 percent of your targets to one guy. Uh, and I, I can't believe that they're scheming it that way. I think it was because he had single coverage and Devontae Adams has got body control. He's great. It's, well, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, how he's able to do that, that thing that 87 used to do, right. You know, where you're yeah. up in the air and you twist and contort your body and to make that catch. I mean, that's just, that's just freaky. I, I, I don't know. I don't think you teach that. I just think you are that. Um, and he was showing that again today, you know, that he can, he can do things that with his body that I don't know that you learn. I think you, you just have that. And so he's special. There's, there's no, you know, question about that. So I, I don't, I don't think that that's the reason though, that you should be looking at him, what, 48% of the time or whatever, what, whatever the divisible is there, it's way too much for uh Devontae Adams. They 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 have to spread the ball in at least in terms of the of the targets. They gotta spread it on. Now maybe is this was this one of our betting lines, by the way, how many targets for Devontae? I'm not really sure if that was uh, I don't know if we did uh yes, we did do targets. Yeah uh, on a percentage. And uh we had twenty five percent was the line. I mean he was and it's almost fifty, yeah. So. Almost fifty, yeah. And I, I think that's wrong. I think that's I think that's going to bite us. I mean, if we play, say, let's say the Patriots, for example, um, you think Bill Belichick's going to go out there and single cover Devontae Adams, or are you going to think he's, I mean, any, and especially after now another game like this, and same with like the Vikings next week, they're probably going to say, look, I don't care if Tunyon, Funyon, or Lewis, or Taylor, um, we're going to make those guys be as we're going to take away Adams. And I've not, we've had a couple, I shouldn't say, uh, we haven't had games where if Adams doesn't do well, we don't w- do well. But those are games where he's not playing. <laughs> like if he doesn't play, then it seems to be spread around. But when he is playing and he's double covered and Rodgers either forces it in or just waits for it. I mean, that, I think that's the worst thing that happens is he's double covered. Rodgers is waiting for him to make a break or do something. And then he gets sacked rather than, you know, Adams is double covered quickly. Go to number two and throw it. I, we, I don't know if we've seen that yet. Uh, even though we're five and one, we've we've had two awesome Devonte Adam games. It was the what was it the Minnesota game and this game. Um, Detroit was maybe the one game where he played, but it wasn't maybe as big of a deal. Right. That was right. yep. a little bit more spread out. So that that you know maybe there was one example, and they didn't play the other two. Um, I just think you know against the Tampa against. I, I, take your pick. I mean, someone that's got a very good defense. I'm sure the plan is let's take Devontae away and see what Rodgers does with it. And well, if I'm, you had a number two receiver me. that was dangerous, yeah. then I think you got a shot. Go ahead, take Devontae away, and we'll keep throwing it to so and so. Well, that other so and so is MVS, and he sucks right now. Well, it's just, but, I'm sorry. But you can also, I mean, now Aaron Jones didn't play today, uh, but both Jones and Williams can be out of the backfield or they line up wide. And, and that's, that's why I think, and also too, you know, don't forget they haven't had urban for a while now too. That, you know, yeah. they, they, you know, the, the guys they had out there today, you know, Darius Shepard and uh, who else? Uh, Malik Taylor, you know, I mean, guys like that aren't going to be on the field, 
when Jones is ready to play and when Irvin's ready to play, those Lazard, those guys, yeah. yeah, and and Lazard. And so that's why I, I, I think the way this offense is constructed, I think they have guys that can be successful. Don't forget, you know, the, the games they didn't have Devontae, they won those games. So I'm not necessarily, I'm not sure that they necessarily need, if they're looking for somebody to make a difference or to help them team, to improve the team, I think they're probably better off, uh, you know, fortifying the offensive line, for instance, or the defensive line, as far as that goes, too. Uh, although Kiki I, you know, was active again today, yeah. Uh, yeah, there Adams was actually, was there was a Montrevious Adams sighting, yeah. So those guys are improving, but... I, I would rather than, you know, try to get somebody that is more proven on the defensive line, because one thing, scheme isn't going to be as much of a factor there. You can kind of plug that, you know, guy in, you know, see ball, get ball, tackle man kind of thing. You know, you don't need to have a lot of scheming for that. Offensive line might be a little more challenging, but still, I think you'd be looking at a, at a depth guy, you know, a, sort of a, a Tootie Robbins sort of guy, you know, that you want to be able to get a veteran who can come in and play when you need him to. So the next time, you know, if it's Billy Turner that gets hurt next time, you know, you've, you've got somebody that you can go to and can, and can plug in. And that's fine. And maybe they should do that anyway. I just want to make sure that you understand my point is that I feel like they need a Absolutely. second yep. receiver yep. because when yep. it's not when, it's not that they can't do it when Devontae's not playing. Then I think Rogers Real realizes I got to force it to the open man. And we've shown last year and this year that, you know, we can be somewhat successful with that. It's when Adams is playing and he's double, triple covered. What is, how is Rogers going to handle that? And if he had someone else that he had just a lot of respect for. And so he can like look off Devante and I'll look to my number two, who I really like. And it could be Cobb as much as a uh, green or Julio Jones or, you know, someone big like that. It could, but just someone that he trusts that he could say, you can double and triple t- cover Adams all day long. I'm going to throw 13 times to XYZ, whoever that player is. I don't think that's going to happen right now. I think he sees he's double covered. He's going to look at MVS, and he's going to not throw it. And, yeah, he could throw it to running back and the tight ends. But I, I, I think what ends up happening, then it's too late. I think he – Devontae is too much of a, a temptation. It, it takes time off. Of the clock, you know, it takes him time to sort of process through, and then that's where you get four or five sacks a game. So I feel like if you're coming at it where you've got two very good wide receivers, and maybe Lazard is enough, but right now he's not there, and I think they're in a good shot, good shot here where they get home field advantage. Uh, I think they go out and trade some future picks for a wide receiver and try and win this year. I I don't think they're going to do it, and I think it's. Like saying, I wish someone would just give me a million dollars because the Packers never do this, but I think they really should try. Well, uh, is 18 is available, right? I mean, nobody's wearing 18. That would make it simple. Just go ahead and, you know. Well, even Bob, if you wanted you know. 19, I'd give him no. 19 because uh, Equinemius. Oh, man, you know. Uh, that guy's no good either. <laughs> well, but, you know, the he's grand, he has grand special teams, man. You know, they had a shitty day on special teams, but he was – he was all right. He, he down the ball inside the five, you know. I think he, he did made that. a tackle today. Yeah, you know, yeah. Lots I thought he had a target on receiving, but I don't see him on the no, on, I, uh, I thought target. He did, too, did they try to run with him? No, I, I don't see him there either. So I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I thought he did something where it was kind of like, oh, uh, well, that's uh, – so I think that they're – 
I think they're short on wide receiver. And if they had one more good one, I feel like that would really, you know, then they got to stay healthy. And, you know, if another guy goes down the, on the offensive line, then that's going to hurt. But that would hurt every team. Yeah. Uh, I think they're hurting, even when everyone's healthy, they have a deficiency at wide receiver. And, I'm, and you know, at least 50% of Packer fans feel pretty strongly about this, too. But And then there's the other half who feel like, no, of course not. Ted Thompson always knows what he's doing. Um, kind of a philosophy for the last 10 years. I was going to say, Ted, Ted's not really been the GM. No, for but you know what I mean? Not, but that I, kind okay, of a I, person. I thought maybe you were having a, having a senior moment here. And you, no, no, I know he's not our GM. Okay. But, you know, there's the Packer fan who always felt Ted was always right. Um, and Goody now is always right. And and don't question it. Well, I, I think it's pretty obvious they, they could use a wide receiver. Do it at the trade deadline here and make this team, even just the the jolt of, you know, kind of a new blood would be good, I think, just to uh, bring someone new in. And I think Rodgers would be excited about that. Now, MVS might be bummed about it, but he's done nothing to – Secure his spot. He had four targets today, zero catches. Mm-hmm. Couple hit his hands, and uh, even though they might not have been right in the breadbasket, he's, uh, you know, he dropped them. And he's our number two going into this game right now. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm less, I'm less, I'm less concerned about that than I am about their deficiencies elsewhere. Uh, I, I still, you know, think they need help in the defensive line and on the offensive line. Now, I would not be upset though if they got. Either you know Gallo or Cobb, I think would be good. I just, I just don't you know think that they should be, you know, trying to to get somebody that's going to really that's really going to goof up the cap because they're going to have tough decisions as it is uh, coming into next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can I guess talk about that. Do you want, it, we're at the uh, thirty-six minute mark. Do you want to take yeah. a break? Yeah, I think I think we all need a break. We all, <laughs> we all need a break, and we all need a break. This is the time when I think uh, people should be like us, and they should stop the podcast, and they should go to whatever electronic banking app they have on their phone, on their desktop, wherever it might be, and check and see, and check and see what you got there. And you know what you're going to find? Yeah, I got a couple extra bucks. I think I'll give it to Chris and Dave, you know, because Chris and Dave provide a podcast for free. Yeah, weekly during the Packer football season. It doesn't seem fair. You know, it, yeah. well, it, it, it really doesn't seem fair to us, you know, because the amount of time we spend, you know, preparing and pouring over information <laughs> and and past rosters, so we remember names of players, Memorizing that, names, yeah, yeah, that that just played like within the last year. Um, so, um, we do have a way for people to lighten their load, so to speak, uh, bank account wise and conscience wise, and you can go to PayPal, Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com. And you can be like, well, you can be like the cool kids, like uh, a man that we like to call GXS. Yes, Gregory X. Um, Thank you very much, sir, for both your witty and warm email and uh, the something-something that came with it via PayPal. We appreciate that, sir, very much. Uh, Thank you for doing that. Um, And also, you can be like um, our friend Pastor Kevin. But no, you know, men of the cloth doesn't seem right to take. Men of the cloth don't make a lot of money, you know, and because of that, I think Kevin probably dipped into the collection plate from last (laughs) week, found a couple of extra bucks, and said, "You know, it's a sin for me to steal this, but it's a good thing for me to give it to Chris and Dave." And so Pastor Kevin went to PayPal uh, at yeah at try that again PayPal 
at paypal.com and to Packers Therapy at yahoo.com. And he slid us his ill-gotten gains, and we appreciate that greatly. Um, although he said he looked, he looked it up, and apparently uh, you do not, uh, you're not able to purchase indulgences to get into heaven uh, by making gifts to Packers Therapy through PayPal. Uh, I'm waiting for a second opinion on that. Yeah, uh, maybe I I, that's I, hard to prove either way, really. Well, uh, Logan. Uh, you know, our, our, our MDiv man in uh, Denver, Logan Robertson, uh, he may have you know, other information perhaps translated from the original Greek uh, that would uh, assure that that's okay. I don't know. Uh, theologians are discussing this point. Uh, but Kevin, thank you very much, Pastor. We appreciate that. And for your years of support for the show and your many prayers, uh, we appreciate that too. So thank you, fellas, Greg and Kevin, uh, for supporting us. And the place to do it is at PayPal. Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com. So we're, we're going to take a break. Uh, I'm going to go check my, in fact, I'm, I'm going to check my 403B as well as <laughs> yeah. checking my bank account, uh, as well as the uh, numbered account we have in Lucerne. Uh, so we'll be checking on that as well. I, or is that, is that in Zurich? I, I can't remember, Dave, where we keep our uh, offshore account. Uh, but anyway, we're going to check all those and uh, make sure that the money is coming in the way it should. So anyway, we'll be back to talk more about the Packers' victory over the Texans. You'll have more Chris and Dave in just a bit. Chris and Dave back with more Packers therapy. And I looked it up, uh, Dave. It's actually in Geneva where that account is. Uh, so we're all, so we're all good. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. They're starting to come down on some of those Swiss bank accounts, but I think we're, we're okay. We might have to move it to China. Like uh, apparently Trump or someone has like an yeah. account in China. Well, uh, why not? You know, I mean, yeah. I, I wish that we actually have it. I much prefer the Caribbean because the weather is just. Mwah, yeah. We could do a Cayman. Yeah. yeah that's that more of a governance kind of thing. Hey, I, I, um, I, I know the name of, of the, of the player that we've been thinking of. And, uh, I, I, I want to coach you into the name. See if I can jog your memory. Are you, are you okay. ready? Ready. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the initials first. Okay. Uh, uh, JV. Junior varsity. Uh, okay. Uh, believe me, I have a lot of JV experience. Let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Yes, I, I I remember it now. Uh, it's Jared Valdir. Very good. Very good. Yeah. That's where thinking. Yeah. Uh, he like came out of nowhere, out of retirement, played, and was yeah. like really effective. Yeah. And then we cut him, and he still wants to play. And then we have a need, and what we there's a guy sitting around that's actually pretty effective that we can, and we're not doing it. I, I guess I don't know who we cut, other than um, I suppose Dexter Williams made a pretty good yeah, bid. For he, being made cut. A, he made a pretty good case for the yeah discontinuation of uh, of Dexter Williams. Uh, but didn't Dexter wind up going uh, to do lumberjacking uh, someplace after he killed all those people in Miami? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to go that, there too. Is that but, what happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was, and I think oh, he uh, had a thing for his maybe. sister. Yeah. Oh boy, that's just. And then she married one of the Avid brothers, which is really weird. <laughs> that's weird. Hey, and and I'm serious about that. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so yes, um, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of move I'd like to see them make, because it would be a security blanket. It would be. Like probably a warm weighted security blanket where it's all snuggly and you can just go right to sleep on, you know, Jared Valdir or Valdir. What? What? How, how's it spelled again? Uh, is it Valdir? It's Vunyan. Side note for a second, yeah. though, on that okay. weighted blanket. 
Yeah. Um, the weighted blanket sounds like a terror. I, I know people like it really oh, helps no, sleep. No, it's no. like it is. It's fabulous. Oh, I fabulous. can't stand it. No. The I, only thing is, it's it's hot though. It's it. That's the oh. problem. I know there are some of these though that are kind of. Um, there's, I want to say they're mesh, but they're woven so that you can breathe. The one I have, I absolutely love, but you know, after about five hours, I, you got to take the damn thing off, and it kind of defeats the purpose, right? It's, it's all snuggly until you get really hot, and then you're awake. So it's supposed to help you sleep. Yes, that's the point why it's bad. Yeah. But like when you go to a hotel, do you keep the end of the sheets tucked in, or do you kick no. them out? Oh, I kick, I kick them out. Kick them out, right? Yeah, that's the same thing with a weighted blanket. That would that'd be awful. I like uh, it's, a it's very like getting, light. It's comforter. like getting a hug. It's like getting a hug, Dave. No, uh, uh, but a hug too long, and yeah. from a very heavy person and laying on you for hours so at a time would be it's bad. It's right? like getting a hug from Kenny Clark. <laughs> yeah, all night long. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Probably, well, my blanket smells better than I think Kenny Clark does, at least by the third quarter. I, I, I would, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I would like to check that out. Uh, I don't know if I believe that. The, um, one, one, one of the best things about the NFL is that you can't smell them. Do you, you ever think for a moment what it must smell like d- down there? Oh, my God. It's got to no, be. I, I, yeah. I don't. I, yeah, I yeah. Well, in fact, you're going to think about it. You're not going to be able to sleep tonight because you'd be thinking about the belching and farting and sweat and blood. Oh, God. It's got to be horrible. Well, I will sleep better because I have a much lighter blanket. Um, I want my feet sticking out. I want a light blanket. I don't. I want a fan blowing on me. That's another must requirement for me in my sleeping. Um, yeah, that's uh, a weighted blanket. Sounds like the exact opposite. Of what would help me sleep? I think that sounds I, like I cannot torture. stand a fan blowing on me. Because, oh really? Yeah, oh. I don't because it's it's. Uh, I like the room cool, but not cool from being <clears throat> blown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're saying. But really, I I, 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 I make a small do. fan to hotels because I always want a fan blowing on, even if it's a light one. That's just, but it's I, like right on my face. I I want a fan. Big you time. bring your own. You bring your own fan. Yeah, when I go on the road, I bring a little fan in my suitcase. Yeah, is, is it one of the Packers therapy fans? Uh yeah. Like, well, like, I, I, like I mix you, it up. Yeah, like you put you put John from Scotland in your in your bag. <laughs> and you, uh, he, yeah, yeah, that's right. I yeah. rotate. Dr. Klaus, yep, come on <laughs> in. Let's get in here. <laughs> I, I heard that the Packers did play a football game. We probably should talk some more about that. Uh, I thought we covered it all. We covered uh, um, that Devontae yeah. is not the only wide receiver that they should have. Didn't we? Didn't we? Isn't that a, a main thing? We talked about the defense. Yeah. What else we, do we do? We cover. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Uh, the the special teams were horrific. Um, yeah. That onside kick. When I saw they were lining front, I thought this this doesn't work anymore. And damned if it didn't. Um, that's the kind of thing where it's okay. It's all you know laughs now when you win by 15 points, especially when they get the ball and then they you know fumble it right right afterwards. Um, but that's the kind of thing that could really screw up a season, you know, with a competent team doing what Houston did today. And that I hadn't seen that kind of onside kick before and it worked great and it made me nervous because i got right away you know flashbacks to a certain nfc championship game that yeah. will remain nameless so that i thought was was bad and the block punt was absolutely terrible now there was some good stuff you know the one that uh saint brown uh, is no saint brown but anyway the one that he was able to down at the two or three yard that was terrific what was uh, houston's plan 
with that uh, with that punt because there was no one in the uh, to fair catch that punt. Did you see that? And yeah. I was listening to the Cheesehead. Uh, I've, I've been listening to them live uh, during the game because uh, I can only go so far. I was started with the the Fox broadcasters, but they're so bland uh, that I thought uh, this is not fun. And plus. Nagler and the other guy will talk during commercials and stuff like that. So, um, but I didn't see what was happening. But they showed the replay that showed they had a guy off to like the right, but no one deep for the punt. Like I don't understand what was the the point. Did they explain that on the broadcast? Uh, I don't think they did. But I was probably having uh, my own personal commentary with my uh, with with my sidekick uh, during the game. We're probably what, talking did about. Did you that. have anything insightful? Probably. Well, the only thing that I was insightful on was the fact that. Um, St. Brown did a fantastic job. You know, he ran down all the way to the goal line without going in the end zone, was in perfect position when that ball hit to make the play. And I yeah. thought that was a, that was a thing of pity. That was every bit as, oh, David, I take it back. They're actually showing this as I speak. They're actually showing it on TV right now. And they, okay, okay, what happened there? Um, they had a guy who looked like he faked uh, rushing the punter. Instead, he sprung out from the formation and tried to get the gunner while the guy who was split out to the left ran back to get the kick. It was one of the, it was a deception thing. They were mm. just showing it and they circled it on, on TV. So, so that's what it was. So there was someone deep, but they just let it yes. go. Yeah. Well, okay. he, he wasn't deep to start with, but when the ball was snapped, he ran back deep and the guy who looked like he was going to blitz from the left side, went to get the gunner. Uh, didn't work out great, though, because St. Brown got around him and was able to, you know, down the ball inside the five. You know, this may be unfair. I don't know a lot about Houston, you know, just what you hear leading up to the game. They seem like a team in disarray right they now. They really do. You know, yeah. I mean, That's why it's they, hard to make any real judgment on the Packers. Yeah. Because, you know, and not only is it that they, you know, they're in disarray, but you got up on a lead. And, I mean, a, a team that's, circling the bowl and gets down. I mean, anything that happened in the second quarter on is almost just to, to completely dismiss because I think this team kind of gave up. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's why this is a hard game to talk about. I mean, it's, it's, it's great that they, that they won. Uh, I'm, you know, delighted by it, but what does it really mean? I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. And even next week, I mean, they got the Vikings next week, Vikings one in five. I think they'll be better than they were in the first game, but you know, they're having just a horrific season. Yeah. Um, and you'd like to think that they're going to win, but if they do, I mean, can you get excited about that when you, when you're beating teams that you should beat? I mean, that's good, but I don't know if you can make a statement like, Oh yeah, this, this team's a super bowl contender. When you saw them play a good team, the, the, the good team that they played um, just beat the shit out of them, you know, and that's right. really tough to get, I'm completely excited about that. I will mention a couple things, though. I, I did make a couple of extra notes here. Right. Um, the Packers ran a lot more motion this week than they did last week. Again, I don't know what the game planning was, why they were more static against Tampa. There probably was a pretty good reason for that. But today it was more like what we had seen in some of the earlier games. In fact, there were two occasions, twice, where I, did not, I was not able to track where the ball was. I mean, it was it was like a game of three card Monty. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was it was wow. I mean, there's a lot of things happening. The fake here, fake there. Got a guy moving here. Where's the ball? 
you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I was, I was, I was really impressed with that. Um, and I, I don't know why they don't do it every week. I'm sure they sit down and they analyze this. These guys are working 16 hour days and they, they probably have reasons based on our personnel, their personnel. Uh, but they just seem to be just a, so much more smooth and dynamic when they're doing more motion. And it seemed like they did a lot more motion this week. So. Yeah, it almost is. I wrote down that it's so effective when they do a run play with some kind of a jet sweep, a fake of some sort, that it almost is like there's three kinds of plays. There's a running play that's normal, you have a passing play, and then you've got a running play with some kind of deception. Like It just feels like it is a night and day difference than just lining up. Like they did an I formation, I think at one. I don't know if they did it more than once, but they had an I formation. They handed and they handed off to the back, and he might have got a yard. <laughs> like it just, the whole team saw it. It's early. They collapse, and I suppose if you're bigger and stronger than the other team, you can create a hole and get four or five yards. And there you go. But the deception play, you don't have to be bigger and stronger. Both people on. You got to be. You know what you're doing. The defense is trying to react to you, and if you catch them off guard or guessing wrong, you know, a, a one yard play could be a five plus yard play. So it, it, I get that why you maybe can't do it all the time, but I don't know why you don't do it most of the time. And I know there is one sort of a kind of a misdirection or um, that ended up being, maybe it was like a pat, like they did something where they did a, pa- a pass, like a shovel pass to someone doing a kind of a sweep across. And then they got tackled. Like it didn't fool anybody. And I, I remember thinking, like, that's okay. I'm willing to live with that. That's no worse than handing the ball off and getting stopped in the line of scrimmage. I mean, it just happened that this guy guessed right. He guessed that the guy who was doing the sweep got the ball, and, and he reacted and got it. But I, I feel like that's okay. Keep doing it because he may do that again, and then another guy's got it, got the ball. The other thing, too, I thought they specifically ran a play that I loved. It was It looked like it was – a kind of a traditional Packer play. Yet, uh, I don't know if he had two or three guys lined up on the left, and it looked like Rodgers was going to do a quick wide receiver screen, and he sort of pumped it, held it, and then Tanyan or Tanyan <laughs> ran down the field. Or I think it was Tanyan, and he and it was it was down the field to the tight end instead. So it was one of those you do a play that looks like one of their staples, but you end up having a wrinkle to it, and uh, I love it. I think that should be more and more and more part of the offense that, you know, you have your plays that work well one week and next week you do the exact same thing, but you direct it to somebody else. So you, you just never know what you're going to do. So there's really no air way to emphasize it other than I think teams are going to know you're going to throw it to Devonte Adams, you know, as many times as you can. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I hope that they can be as deceptive as possible. Yeah. I, I think that is an important part of this offense. I, this is an offense that is based on uh, deception. Uh, it is more of a finesse offense. I want to know if they can line up and they can run this offense that is a finesse offense against a physically uh, talented uh, and imposing team. I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to have success against teams like Tampa and like San Francisco was, I'm not sure what their defense is like this year, but those, those physical kinds of deep Chicago will be a really interesting test. You but know, you're not arguing that you know? should run the offense differently 
against a better defense, though, right? Well, no, I mean, no, that's the only no, chance I, they have, right? Well, the way I'm not arguing that they should, but I'm, I'm saying is that when when you've made a decision to play, you know, this kind of game, it's almost like if you made a decision that you're going to be a, 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 a ground-based, you know, a a power football kind of team. You know, once you've made that decision, I mean, that's who you are, and that's and that's kind of what Lombardi's teams were, right? I mean, they 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 ran the ball. They were it's a power sweep. It's what they did, and their bet is that you know what we do, you can line up against us, but we'll just block it better and we'll have success anyway. Right uh, now, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true with this offense too, but they haven't lost a lot under Lafleur. But the times that they have lost have been against you know teams that are more physical than they are. So I'm I'm looking forward to those bears games uh to see if how they match up sometimes it's it's interesting you know teams that maybe aren't as good quote as good as you but the matchups just just favor them because of the way they play is 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 not to your strength uh can they can they prove that this kind of offense um is going to work against teams that are physically tough and i don't know uh last week the last week is going to stick in my mind just because they they were just so totally handled. Yeah, right. Uh, and today's game was much more like the first four where they could do pretty much whatever they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do it. I mean, it was an impressive performance all the way around. In fact, I think that, you know, without having uh, your number two receiver, without having your left tackle, and without having your number one running back, to be able to work as well as they did is, is, a, is a testimony to how good that uh, offensive scheme is, that they're able to be that successful. But against a defense, yeah. I think that came in 30th uh, in yards allowed. I mean, this is a, other than J.J. Watt, they don't have a lot of great players on that defense. And so the Packers were pretty much able to do whatever they wanted uh, against them. In fact, a big game today by uh, Jamal Williams. You know, he yeah. only had 77 on the ground, but he caught four passes, too. He had 114 yards of total offense. And that's your number two guy is able to do that. Um, it's a testimony to him, to the scheme, but also to you know, how mediocre the Texans' defense is. And, you know, Rodgers committed to, you know, throwing the ball to Williams when he was open. I think there was a, a play in the first drive where he had a, a really nice catch running across the you know, kind of a crossing pattern. Um and so, I mean, a, a big part of it is is Rogers committing to throwing to the open guy, you know, yep, on, yep. on rhythm. And I, I think today they they did a lot of that. But there, you know, it's hard to say. Wow, he probably focused a lot on Adams, but it it it, it didn't it didn't suffer for it. I mean, they they ended up scoring thirty five points, and Devontae re- received a hundred almost two hundred yards. I just mm-hmm. feel like, and I, I mentioned this to you this, and I don't. We don't probably have enough time to go through it, but this book I'm reading from Annie Duke is a new one called How to Decide, and she's trying to just have you differentiate what is a good decision, not just by the outcome, but by the process that went into deciding yeah. it. And sometimes yeah. luck comes into play, and you know you might have a really good decision, but your outcome might be bad because even though you you made a decision that gave you a 90% probability of success. That means 10% of the time it could not succeed because there was a factor you didn't realize or didn't know about or couldn't know about that made it fail. But that doesn't mean the decision was bad. The classic thing you think about in this is Pete Carroll's decision to throw the ball in the Super Bowl at the end 
Was that right. a bad decision or is that just a bad outcome? And it's true. You, separating those two things are really, really hard to do. If you try to think of all your best decisions over the last year, they all probably have great outcomes. Like you rarely come up with a good decision. It just turned out bad because I was unlucky. But I look at this situation here that the decision to focus the offense so much to Devante, it was a good outcome today, but I think long run, it's not a good element for success. And I, I, I wonder if, you know, these teams like San Fran and Tampa, you know, are they bigger and stronger and like they can rush the quarterback or is it that they take away Adams and then the rest just kind of falls apart. And maybe it's a little bit of everything. I mean, good defense. It's no, no surprise that, teams struggle against really good defenses and I think Tampa and San Fran qualify for that. It's just we our answer or response is so what's our word that we do? Uh flaccid. Flaccid, yes. Uh, I was gonna say <laughs> lipid, but uh so flaccid. Like, you know, we, we get punched in the mouth or there's some kind of process that happens in a good defense. And we just seem to just completely fall apart. I mean, even in the Brett Favre years when he played a good defense, there were times where he would rise to the challenge and he would he would have a great game. And and it just seems the last couple of years that when we sort of face those teams, we just completely collapse. And uh I just think I think it's a talent thing. I think it's that we're we're short on the wide receiver and, and that could come back to bite us. No, no, I don't I don't you know, disagree. In fact I what I, I, I really agree though with the premise that just because the outcome is bad doesn't mean that it was a bad decision. I mean, it really does, you know, come down to your process and also using the available data that you have. And we talked about this. I mean, for years, we've talked about this on the podcast. I don't know what they see when they're game planning, you know, and it's, it's, it's a mystery to me, like last week, why we didn't see as much motion as we were used to. But I, I think that was intent. I mean, they looked at what they saw, the data that they had, and they probably also have some advanced metrics that they look at. And they decided that, no, the way to beat this team is to do it this way. And without having access to what they have access to, it's hard for me to say their game plan was bad or their decision was was bad. Because I don't know what factors they were taking into account or whether those were the right factors or the weight that they gave to individual factors was the appropriate factor. What I do know is that, you know, they got the crap kicked out of them. The by, was bad. Yeah, right. yeah, by by a team that appeared to be, if not physically better on defense, uh, you know, certainly in terms of the outcomes, you know, but that team has is not undefeated either. So whatever it was, you know, it it worked against the Packers last week. This week, on the other hand, yeah, they, you know, looked like freaking geniuses all over again. Um, I what I am pretty sure about is that Jamal Williams made himself some money today. Uh, he was the featured back today. And he showed that he can be a complete player. The guy picks up the blitz well. He caught, what, uh, four passes. Uh, He had 77 yards on the ground. I think this is a guy that someone's going to pay him next year. I I really think that he's not going to wind up in Green Bay there, you know, because they put a second-round draft choice. I think they'd be more likely to want Aaron Jones. But, you know, he's expensive. And I think the only way they... You know, keep Williams as if for some reason they, the asking price on Jones is just too high, and so maybe then they you know wind up with a fallback play uh, with uh, Williams. Uh, but whoever he whoever he winds up playing for, uh, he's going to sign a nice deal. And today is is the kind of 
stuff on tape that's really going to help him when it comes time to sign his free agent deal. Yeah, if I were the Packers, though, I don't think I would, uh, you know, uh, sign him for any cost because I I think he's a fine player. I think his strength is that he's he knows the offense. He's he's been in the league enough to to really have a sense of what he does well and uh, a lot of confidence. Seems like a great character guy. Yeah. Lots of fun and dancing, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, is he particularly fast? Is he particularly strong? Is he a great receiver? I mean, he's just kind of really solid, and he plays within the system. I, I, I think if you had to, I'd love to keep him, but I think if you had to replace him, and I don't think replacing him with AJ Dillon is like just plug and play. There you go, because AJ Dillon, I don't think is going to no. be as good a it, receiver or, and he or also blocker. He also doesn't, he doesn't block that well. Yeah, right. So I think you know, could you get someone though who is also a veteran? Who may not have quite the stats that Jamal Williams has because they're not as good of a de- on offense? Could they come in and and do relatively as well as Jamal and save the money? I think that's probably possible. So if you're going to let someone go, I don't think Jamal did so well that he got himself a contract in Green Bay. No, but uh, he's but other teams though. I mean, I could look at that and say this is a guy that can play. But here, but here's what I'm thinking. Okay, is it a case where he is going to be more valuable? to the Packers than somebody else. Is he the more recent example of the Shanahan offense, you know, taking a so-so average player and making that person great? For instance, Terrell Davis. Right. Uh, you know, would, would he have been a Hall of Famer had he been on a different team? I, I don't yeah. know. He was a seventh-round draft choice, if you recall. But in that scheme, the guy is a Hall of Fame player. But in a different scheme... Maybe not so much. And you remember when he got hurt, uh, the dude that replaced him, whose name escapes me now, too. Well, and, and the guy after that, the guy after yeah. that, like there was yeah. like every, you just, in a fantasy football, you just always took the starter the, in Denver for the, a while. Right, yeah. Right. And, and so I'm, I'm wondering if, if that isn't the case here as well, that he's probably more valuable to the Packers than he is to another team. Right. Although somebody else might, you know, give him, a disproportionate contract based on what he did in Green Bay, but I don't know that he's would he be as successful in a different in a different kind of system because you're right he's not great at any one thing, but he's really good at a lot of things across the board. Right. Well, and that's why the Jets exist is to overpay for players <laughs> like him, and that's what kind of makes the whole ecosystem work. But I would say Aaron Jones is special. Like I think that guy is can break tackles. He's fast. Like. Yeah. There are skills there that you just can't find. I think Aaron Jones is worth paying for. He could, yeah, and he's a great wide. How right. many? How many running backs can you know can split out and be just as effective as a regular wide receiver? And that's yeah. that's that is a pretty special talent when you can do that that kind of thing. Now Williams can't do that. I mean, he he they they do line him up wide. He is pretty effective, but he's not. He's just not Aaron Jones that way. No. And if I'm not mistaken, you have to correct me here. Wasn't um, Williams taking the like around ahead of Jones. I, I think Jones was like a, a fifth or a sixth and Williams was like a fourth or fifth, you know, it was something like that where I think they picked Williams first. I, I think that's right. Uh, I'll have to look that up. Maybe yeah. as we talk, I can, I can yeah. look that up, but uh, do, were they both drafted in uh, the same year? Yeah. Is that... yeah. Right. They were drafted, which is why they're coming up on free agency in the, in the same year. So yeah. That's, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess that makes sense. Uh, do you remember which year that was? Well, they're in their fourth year, Dave. I think uh, so. We can maybe I count back, back up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not paying attention to you. 
Um, I, I, I 2017 was the, yeah, 17, 18, yeah, it was 2017. Oh, That'd okay. be my guess. I uh, have done that. I will, I will come back to that. But I did uh, notice, yep. uh, I, I've got a trivia question for oh, you. Okay, great. Right. As I look this up, is that uh, Devontae Adams had uh, 196 yards receiving, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players in the Packers pass at these if my stats are correct, I don't claim to have these right, that have had more yards than, uh, I think it was over 190 yards. Can you guess who any of those are? Okay, uh, yeah, I can guess some of them. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, James Lofton. James Lofton is one, yep. Okay, I'm going to go with Don Beebe. Don Beebe is one. Do you remember which game that was? Yeah, that was that Monday night game against San Francisco, uh, tw- uh, 1996, I think. That's exactly right. Exactly right. right. Okay, good. Um, boy, the old man's two for two. Um, who else? Well, I, I guess I could get some of the usual suspects. Um, how about Antonio Freeman? Freeman is one. Yep. Okay, good. Um, well, Sterling Sharp. Let's kind of no, keep this. No, Sterling Sharp. Oh, not, okay. Nope. Um, this is, this is kind of off the board here. Um, Don Hudson? Don Hudson had like a bunch. But yeah, Don Hudson. Okay, all right. Can you imagine how, what a great player he was that he still has the team record for most receptions in a game? Yeah. Uh, for years, he had the most touchdown passes in NFL history. I think for like 40 years. He, he was like Babe Ruth. You know? <laughs> I know. It's really, it's... <laughs> yeah, and in a pass-happy offense, no one has still caught more than 14 balls in a game in Packer history. It's just, that guy was really good. <laughs> he was really good, yeah. Unless, or everyone else was really, really bad. But yeah, Don Hudson, he used to sell cars in Racine. I remember that was a... Is that right? Car dealership I, in Racine, yeah. I didn't know that. Don Hudson. Okay. <laughs> well, he, he's got there's, his own... There's one, one more obvious one, one that's okay. a little bit obscure, and there's two from back in the day. Okay. So, okay. So, um, uh, okay. Uh, uh, no, I don't, I don't think John Jefferson, I would, I wouldn't. No, not John. Him, no. <laughs> okay. Um, what if there's anybody from, nah, I don't, I don't think any of those Bart star teams, I don't think they had anybody like that. Um, yeah, how I about if I go with, um, mm, ah, let's go with Robert Brooks. Robert Brooks is a good guess, but that would be wrong. Okay. How about the uh, the the person that leads the team in receptions all the time? Uh, oh, Donald Driver, of course. Donald Driver is one. Yeah, yeah. And then another is a first round pick that didn't play for very long. He played in oh, uh, Red- uh, Javon Walker. Javon oh. Walker. So I'll give you those. And then the other two is Billy Houghton. Oh yeah, uh, he would have been in the fifties, I think. And uh, and then Carol Dale. Oh, no, that was a that was a Lombardi guy, yeah. Okay. In in the sixties, yeah. Carol I, I had Dale, to look him up. Uh, yeah, he played with uh with when Bart Starr and Boyd Dollar was the other receiver. Marv Fleming was the tight end. Those were the uh, Horning and Taylor teams. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So those are uh, players, I I believe. I could be wrong. And like the, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that Don Hudson, he's had at least over 190. But that that could have been a stat that showed that he had like uh, total yards in a game. But I think it was receiving only that those are the ones. But uh, Devontae is up there. He's had 196. And as much as, you know, I thought he had a good game and, a you know, a great game, but I think it was historically great. Like it was kind of a sneaky historically great, right? Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's the thing. Uh, 
if you would have told me, um, how, you know, what was the percentage of passes that was thrown to Devontae Adams today? I would not have said, well, it's about half. I would have not. I would have said probably more like a third, you know, maybe. Well, I was going to say 35%. Yeah, something like that. I, <laughs> I didn't think it was that out, outsized. So that's a good sign because it's when they're trying to force it to him, it's obvious and it doesn't, it doesn't work, but it didn't feel like they were forcing it to him. He, he was just there and he was open. Yeah. Uh, there, there was, there was the one great play though, where he made that adjustment in the air, caught it. And then I don't know why he knew to, you know, diagonal to his left and get in the end zone. It was that on the 45 yard touchdown. That was, that was, that was special. And it was very by, good. Yep. By the way, Jordy Nelson never had a 200-yard game? I did not see a Jordy Nelson. No. Um, again, oh. I, I did not. Do, uh, I researched it as much as I could, yeah. um, going off of someone else's tweet. But uh, I did not see Jordy Nelson had over 190. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of 150. But, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, because he seems like he always had, he had a lot of games where he had that 80-yard, you know, yeah. <laughs> touchdown in there, you know? Right, right. Um, so I think you're right. This was kind of a sneaky 196 for Devontae today. It was a uh, leaky, sneaky, kiki kind of a play, if you recall. You <laughs> <laughs> should make an award, have uh, the leaky, squeaky, kiki award for something. But uh, hey, Well, there, there is good news, though. And the good news is we're not going to do two podcasts anymore. We're going to go back to right. the old way. We're, 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 in, in fact... Right now, I think is a good time to, unless you have something else to add. Should we, should we just go betting lines now? Let's do betting lines. Uh, you're right. By popular demand, I think we're going back to the old format. If you haven't noticed, well, um, it's, it's litigation, Dave. It's not really popular demand, I guess. It, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of ugly. Uh, Tom, you know, our lawyer out in California, Tom, uh, is is trying to defend us the best that he can. Uh, we we have a team of international lawyers as well. Our man in London. Uh, but they're advising us just to, you know, not contest this, just to get it out of court, uh, settle peaceably, and go back to one podcast. And so we are. And I think we can explain the snafu from last week, but let's just go over the betting lines first, right. and we'll okay. kind of address yeah. that. And you can apologize to Mike for all the mean yeah. things you said. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll get to that. All right. So let's. Uh, we have a single winner, and uh, I would say. If you give to the Packers Therapy, you might not get a ticket to heaven, but you might get a ticket to Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino. Let's yeah. let's see if that happens. Um, <laughs> but let's go through it first. Um, number one, I asked you Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating. You set the line at a measly, sneaky, <sighs> kiki 93, uh, and he had 132.4. So was, I yeah. Well, I didn't take into account that apparently Texas is his state. Because yeah, really. as, as Wikipedia will tell you, he's the owner of AT&T Stadium, uh, <laughs> as Wikipedia right. will, will tell you. And his passer rating all time uh, in Houston is like 133 because he was 134 <laughs> the first time they played, 132 this time. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers uh, likes him to play in some Texas. Doesn't mind Texas. Yeah. Well, number two, I asked you the Devontae Adams target percentage. You oh, said okay. it at 25 and oh. it was 47. Oh, 16 man. over 34 apparently is 47. Mike's working his calculator. He's got um, a slide rule, Dave. He, he, he uses slide rule. He's a, oh, okay. Right. He's an well, engineer, so yeah. Uh, number three, how many wide receivers will receive a catch? I thought that was interesting. Wide I thought you said three and a half, and I thought 
you know, mm-hmm. I, Tyler Irvin plays, you know, that's another receiver. But uh, I thought it would be the over. Only two wide receivers caught the ball. Now, there uh, were four targeted, though, right? Because Taylor was targeted, Shepard, uh, MVS, and Adams. So four were targeted. But, but Shepard and MVS did not have a reception. They were, they were, they were shut out. They were shut but out. They yes. were, so only two. And even as it was, Malik Taylor uh, just had two catches. So um, Touchdown. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. That's nice. Nice for him. I guess was it uh, Sternberger's first touchdown of yes, his career as well? Yeah, and that was a nice play. He uh, Rogers had to jump over uh, the outstretched arms of JJ Watt, and he kind of shot putted it. Yeah, over Watt. Yeah, worked, no worked small good. Yeah. A lot of deception on that play. I, the, I, someone on Twitter had shown kind of like a bubble chart of the of the players in motion, and there was a lot of. People on the right going left and people left going right. And yep. uh, I love it. I love it. That's the three-card Monty uh, offense. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, number four, uh, leading tackler. You got this one right. It was Chris Barnes. We actually tied with Raven Green. Yeah. Um, no one guessed Raven Green. So he kind of came out of the blue. A lot of people said Barnes. I said Darius Smith. Uh, it was Chris Barnes, even though he played uh, part of the game. And Martin so, almost caught him. So Martin what almost- is it? So what is it with... Guys named Green with first name like an animal. You remember Tiger Green? Tiger Green, yeah, Raven. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Raven Green. Now, I mean, what's next? You know, Antelope uh, Green. I don't yeah. know. You know, Giraffe Green. Uh, yeah. yeah, Eagle Green. Buffalo. Um, yeah. Buffalo Green would be a good. Uh, that sounds like a good restaurant. Buffalo <laughs> Green, or like a like a clubhouse at a good golf course. <laughs> um, number five. I asked you uh, uh, just, just, uh, Watson's quarterback rating. You set the line at 105, and he had uh, 114.2. So that dude is pretty good. He is a good um, quarterback. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, I, I thought that time. You know, there were some plays that were great. Is one of those like you know you really can't do much about that. And there are other times where I felt like you know he kind of held the ball too long and or missed the guy. And and uh, but I I think overall I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. Um, this is uh, was uh, pretty insightful. Uh, number six was total yards for Randall Cobb. You set the line at thirty-eight. The dude had ninety-five yards. <laughs> I know he looked great. He looked he absolutely did. great. Yeah, I, and he I was don't... also juiced up too. He was he was happy, man. Whew. Yeah, yeah, he had it. He wanted to show up for the pass. And he was as happy in his place as JJ uh, Watt was sad on his place. Did JJ Watt just look <laughs> completely? But then there's like a shot where he got someone like put his hand in his helmet by accident too. It's like, uh, poor JJ, just hard hard luck, JJ. Yeah, the hundred million dollars. Yeah, poor yeah, guy. Big cabin in the woods. Uh, have you ever seen that his house? They show he's got this uh, huge house somewhere. Cabin, oh, really? Well, cabin. it's it's uh yeah it's yeah it's a mansion cabin. Um, number seven, total rushing yards by Green Bay. You set the line at 121. They had 96. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. the, uh, so the underhead, that, uh, seven and a half. I asked, will they ever show JJ Watt in a Badger uniform? And they did, they did. twice, yeah. twice before the game and during the game. They did. So call that one. Yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, will we have, uh, Tim Boyle time? We both said no, and uh, yes, we got some Tim Boyle well, time. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't think of the of the victory formation sort of deal. And uh, yeah, we say that's one. Of, it's either going to be a wipeout or a huge victory, and we thought it was going to be close, and it wasn't. Um, 
And then the tiebreaker was uh, how many wide receiver catches not named Devontae Adams? I said seven. You said six. It was two. So we were pretty uh. pretty <laughs> off on that one. But the winner this week with seven correct wow. was Greg Smith. Oh, now generous, the generous See, Greg Smith. Now yeah. you learn something. You know, if if you give money to Packers Therapy, when you go to PayPal, Packers Therapy, Yahoo.com, this is what happens. It's karma. Yeah. And this is living proof of it. So well, thank you, Greg. You are a winner in more ways than one. I think it's either you go to heaven or you go to the Packers Therapy Hotel Casino. And, it's well, the same Greg, thing. It's the Greg same po- thing. No, well, he chose poorly. He yeah. actually <laughs> <laughs> he should have stuck with heaven. <laughs> Uh, anyway, okay. So, Greg, you are uh, you get the week to yourself. There's no one else there. Um, although there's no one there uh, as far as working there because of COVID. That's uh, that's the downside. But you have the run of the place. It's fantastic. Um, are you ready for betting lines this week? Oh, baby! I tell you, I was I I was born ready for betting lines. All right, number one, total catches by Devonte Adams. Well, oh, man. You know, the amazing thing is he's had two games where he's had 27 catches. Uh, that would be good if he had played every game, you know, <laughs> this season. Uh, you know, with six games, he'd be averaging, you know, like five catches a game. That would be great for a lot of people. And that's just in two games. Uh, yeah. So um, I, this is Minnesota. He had 14 against them the first time. I I have to believe that Mike Zimmer— <laughs> yeah. That well, that Mike Zimmer a is going to say, well, gee, this guy had a lot of catches, and going to pop in the you know the tape of or the film or the I don't know what they do now. They download you know this game and going to see 13 more catches. He's got. I would imagine he's going to stand up, you know, and going to throw down the clipboard in the film room and say, damn it, I don't care if we get beat by 40 points. Adams is not going to get double digit catches against us. Boom. Uh, so I don't think they're going to allow, they're going to double cover that guy. Uh, if, if someone's going to beat him, they're going to let Malik Taylor beat him, you know? Yeah. Which they should. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that won't be the guy that beats him. The guy that beat him will be Jones or, or it'll be Tunyon or somebody like that or Funyon or God knows who else. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, I'm going to set the line at that. Um, well, this may be the same as I did last week, nine and a half. Nine and a half. All right, I'm taking the under. I agree. Okay. I think they're going to double cover this guy, and uh, they're going to force. I, I, I thought you were going to set the line at like six and a half. I think it's going to be um, a lower number, but I'd definitely take the under on nine and a half. Um, and I'd be surprised if it's over. Uh, either one, he's unstoppable, or two, Vikings are giving up and, uh, and aren't paying attention. But um, – I would think Zimmer might be interviewing for his job next year as defensive coordinator for the Packers. Although yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd say Petten, you got to give it to Petten. That you know, guys coming off the bench were pretty, pretty. They were, uh, they were they pretty were good. Yep. yep, they were, and you know they, they they were good enough. You allow twenty points in the NFL. I mean, you should win those games, especially yep. with the offense that they have. And I don't I don't think anybody should bitch about the defense uh, this week. I, you know, I, I thought that they were they were more than fine. I agree. Uh, number two, how many touchdown throws for Aaron Rodgers? He had four touchdowns this week. Well, I, I think they're going to win. Uh, they'll they'll be at Lambeau. I know it's you know won't be a home there won't be a home crowd advantage. It'll be a home field advantage. Um, yeah. I'm going to put a three and a half. Three and a half. I'm going to. I think he's good for 
three. I think they'll run a few, so I'm going to take the under. All right. Um, number three, how many times will Aaron Rodgers be sacked? Zero this week, but was it five against Tampa? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put and that one at down many others. Oh, yeah, I think 13, right? Was was the number of hurries on him? Yeah. So I'm going to put terrible. it at uh, two and a half. Yeah, I'm going to uh, take I, the I don't, I don't know if they're going to have Bakhtiari. Um, and if that's, and there's a much better defense that they'll be facing. So, yeah, two and a half. I think they have nothing to lose. I think putting Rodgers uh, out, on a, not out, hopefully out, out, but. You know, really putting pressure on him is going to be a big priority for them. And I think it'll be on the Packers to see that coming and get rid of the ball quick and just make them pay. Um, I just wish it wasn't MVS, the guy that they have to count on. But I think the uh, I think they're going to get three or more sacks. So I'm going to take the over. Um, number four, will the Packers score any points on their first drive again? Mm. You know, six games in a row they've scored. Uh, and it's, so it's hard. It's hard to bet against them, but at some point they're not going to. And you know the Vikings might just want to, you know a statement kind of a deal. Don't know what the weather's going to be. I mean, there's snow on the ground up here. Uh, yeah, that's so, crazy. Yeah. Terrible. So yeah. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not sanguine here. I think we're going to go with uh, no. They, that that they will not score on the first drive this, this right. week. I will too. I think the law of averages catches up with them. Yep. Right. Uh, still win, but I think no on first drive. Uh, number five, uh, who will be, I like this one. Who will be the leading tackler? It's such an interesting <laughs> question because it keeps, like, I don't know a Barnes situation. Um, you know, if even he plays, could Martin, you know, actually he got, I think Raven green is, is an interesting option with it, where he plays. Um, it's going to be think? somebody that plays in the middle of the defense. Um, it's not going to be a defensive lineman. God forbid it's a safety, and that that's what Raven Green is. Although he plays more like, yeah, he plays more like a, line, a linebacker type dude. Um, yeah. Raven Green's not a bad choice. I mean, uh, of course, if Savage is back, I don't know what the prognostication is on him, but if he's back, Green probably won't play as much. Um, I don't know the extent of Barnes's injury. No, normally, I go with Barnes again, but I think you know, I, based on what I saw here. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Martin because I, I I think Barnes is going to be limited, um, and they're very cautious now with guys who are hurt. Yeah. Packers are very conservative, which is smart, I think. So I think you know Barnes may not play, and at that case, it's going to be Martin. And Martin has shown that he's going to be that guy in the middle of the defense to get a lot of tackles. And he had what six, and he only played like a half. Yeah, right. So I could definitely yeah, I was going to go with Martin. 10. Yeah, I thought I was going to surprise you with that, but you took it. So I'll take Raven Green. Just to be different, but uh, I I, th- I think it could be Martin. I think that's it could be a really interesting development if if uh, Barnes plays or plays sparingly and Martin is uh, makes a ton of tackles. Then how do you fit these two guys on the same field at the same time? And I'd like to see can Martin cover? You know, are we going to be able to see some of that more? Um, you I know, think he's supposed to be able to. I I don't know that I we've think- seen a lot of that, but I I think that was kind of you know one of the deals about him is that he was able to do that. Yeah, I, so I, that'll be really, really fun to watch uh, next week. Uh, number six, Kirk Cousins' quarterback rating. Oh, man. He's had some lately. Well, see now, will, the question is, will it be higher than his, um, the amount of millions in his contract? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the question. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Packers' defense... 
Uh, okay, I'm going to... I think he'll be okay. I don't think he's going to be great. Uh, give me 94 for... Um, okay, I'm going to take the under. Outside, cold weather, bad team. I, I think... Uh, I think he could throw a pick or two that could get that down. I'm going to take the under, then 94. Yeah, Packers have not had a lot of turnovers. Um, no, they really haven't. They got one yeah. today, right, with the fumble. Um, and that was it. Was that who made the hit on that? Was was that Martin? That oh, No, it was, was either. It? Oh, oh was, was, was that Scott. Scott Black? Yeah. Okay, one of those. I mean, that was a hell of a hit, and the ball is popped, you know, wow. It was, it was impressive. So Amos recovered it. Yeah. I, we have to look. I, I'm not sure if it was Henry Black or – now, where is Scott? I guess I don't see – oh, Vernon, Vernon Scott. Scott. Yeah. Um, I got a tackle for loss for Vernon Scott, but I can't see what, who created the fumble. I, well, you might have to look at that at the replay. All right. Um, number seven, this is, uh, this is a little bit of someone who's a thorn in our side and also um, kind of predicting what one of our better players is going to do. Uh, how many catches for Adam Thielen? I feel like that dude burns us yeah. good for like seven, eight c- catches a game. But, but you know, Alexander, check, right? they held him in check in the in the first game, correct? Uh, they well, I know they won a lot, but I thought he still had his four or five catches. And yeah, you know, I think Alexander, you could uh, kind of put him one on one with Thielen and really try and shut him down. But Thielen just seems to get his catches. So, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, so you want not yards? You you want catches though, right? Catches, yeah. I mean, I hell, a guy could get ten catches, but if it's for ninety yards, big freaking deal. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. He does seem to get his catches. I'm put five and a half. Five and a half. All right, I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take the over. All right, that one. Uh, seven and a half. All right, you're gonna have to think of this one. Um, how many times was Darius Smith go down with an injury? Oh man. You know, he did a lot last year, too, right? What he, he did. Yeah, you know, he's injured. Oh, my God. He comes out and he's back on the field. Like two plays it, later. He's, he's, he's like a soccer player, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> and, then, and, and then he's back up. Yeah. So um, it would count, you know, you, you see him and a trainer comes out. So, and, words, he, he has to miss at least one play. So, right? Yeah, limps off. I, I guess this is Mike's call. I suppose he could limp off and we might be like, uh oh. Uh, Zadarius is let me like, we'll know what, 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 what this, I mean, it's hard to describe. It's, it's like pornography. You know it when you see it, you know what a Zadarius <laughs> fake injury when you see it, how many times do you think we'll get the fake injury from Zadarius? Once. Is that what you're going to set the line at? Oh, I didn't know. I just said a line. I thought you just wanted yeah. me to choose a number. Um, well, I think I'm going to set that line at one half then. All right. One half. All right. I'll take the over. Okay. Uh, and then uh, seven three four. Do you think that the Packers will make a trade? Any trade between now and the next time we do a podcast? Any trade at all, huh? Mm-hmm. Even if it means like they send a guy and get a draft choice back. Sure. Right. Okay. Yes, I think they will. Yes, I'm gonna say no. Uh huh. Um, I I could see them, you know, trading like an excess piece, like well, like a Raven Green, you know, to some, you know. What? Poor team in Africa. He's not excess. You know. Well, Wait. he is kind of. I mean, you got Savage and you got Redman. I mean, you know. No, I think Raven Green is a is a key start. I think you know Josh Jackson. If well, you could, uh, good, you know, that's a good example. Although I gotta say, Josh Jackson, the guy can tackle. 
I mean, I, I know he maybe isn't the best cover guy. Yeah. He can tackle. And I'm he wondering if yep. he's maybe should be a safety because he seems like he, you know, when he makes contact, you know, he gets guys to go down. So I, I want to, I want to say something in his defense because I know he gets roasted about his lack of coverage ability, but you know, the guy does, you know, put people on the ground. So give him that much. All right. How about this one? How about, uh, oh, I lost it. Uh, how about Oren Burks for a seventh round for somebody? Yeah, I could see something like that, that. That's a good example, but I don't know that he can bring back. A, I mean, he's, yeah, yeah I, you know, I mean, exactly. yeah. But they seem to value like he's a former third round pick. Like, yeah, it seems to people, he's got you know, good GMs measurables. Like yeah, they, he's one of those guys with has all this talent, but he's he's been hurt. And when he's not been hurt, he's been just a guy. So uh, the trade deadline is the third. Um, yeah, I'm guessing uh, we're not going to get a trade by then. And then the tiebreaker is total yards by Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams together. Oh, God. That I they're so conservative. I wonder if they're going to have Jones sit again. Yeah, uh, I mean, it sounded like he could have played today. But yeah, well, but yeah, but Devontae, I think, could have played sooner, too, and, and they didn't yeah, let him play. Right. And I think that was also true with um, who else was hurt? Oh, uh, Kenny Clark. Yeah, you know, right, that, right. They did that right before they're just goodbye. really, really cautious with, especially with their good players. But uh, I think, I think they will take a chance with him. I think he will play. So you want total yards, rushing, and pass receiving for Williams plus Jones. Jones. Yep. Uh, well, I, you have to think that Jones could be, you know, a hundred-ish again, a hundred, little over hundred, and Williams others. I'm going to say. Uh, 151. Between oh, them. I said 150. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, those are your betting lines, and we should be able to get them out this week. So the issue was apparently yeah. last time was uh, when we sent the two podcasts out. Uh, I believe Nick did his job and put it in Dropbox, but the uh, Packers stock may not have seen it. Yes. Or maybe the download didn't work. I, it could be my fault, but I'm pretty sure it's someone else's fault um, and not my fault. But uh, now we're going to have one podcast. This should not be an issue. So this time, if you hear this, you should play. We highly encourage you to do so. Um, and if you do, you need to email Mike Miller your picks. And I think enough people have asked us to sing when the Packers win the email address. So are you ready to do that, Chris? Are you ready I, to, to go I, back I, to that? I have to. I have to get some. some yeah, do you want to get a get a cough drop or something? So you want to okay. email Mike Miller his email address. I'll say it once. It's uh, Miller at gmail dot com. That's M I T N O M I L L E R at gmail dot yeah. Okay. There we go. So yeah, Miller at gmail.com. That is the place where you play the betting lines and where you get the chance to not go to the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino because we don't want people to die of COVID nineteen. So. Um. Okay. So, pop culture time, my friend. What have you got? Pop culture. Um. I'm actually finished. No. Yeah, Paco's culture. Um, I'm finishing up a few uh, shows, so I don't think I have anything new. I do have to put another shout out to uh, Lovecraft Country. That show is wild. 
I, I don't know if I've seen anything like it. Um, it it's and I really, really recommend that you listen to either the official podcast where I think they have one of the writers on there and they talk a little bit about you know, what they're trying to accomplish, not just from a story, but also from kind of a black history perspective. The second to last episode, Chris, um, I think is, is, was really good. Now, I, I forget, did, are you watching this one? We, we, we call that the penultimate episode, Dave. We don't call it the second to last I, episode, yeah. Well, uh, that's what people that have big vocabulary. Yeah, but that's, are, are you watching that show? No, I'm not. I, I, I see it all the time in my news feed, yeah. all the time. And so I know it's enormously popular, but I have not watched it. I mean, if you watch it as a horror monster thing, I think you would miss so much of the point of the show. It is so much more of a African-American kind of perspective. And, uh, and, and the, the penultimate episode um i I just want to spoil it i and you can't you couldn't just watch that just one episode it would make no sense at all um but it's it's very good and hbo man they they put out good or bad story it they put quality shows together i mean the their shows are are beautifully done and and Mm -hmm. uh the quality is really there so i'm 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 like five minutes away from finishing the finale because we had the podcast uh, which kind of ruins the flow a little bit to throw a podcast in the middle of your show. But, um, and then I also, I also, one more thing, I, I started to watch, I didn't finish, but I watched uh, the new Borat movie. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the little, I think I watched a half hour of it and I'm <laughs> this already. And I thought about like my daughter kind of likes humor. That's, irreverent or I don't know what you call it. Cr- cringeworthy. It is cringeworthy, <laughs> but when they make fun of people, that's hilarious. But uh, there is other jokes that's like, I could never watch this with my daughter. Um, but I need to finish that too. But it, I, that kind of humor makes me laugh. No one who listens to this podcast would be surprised by that. Um, would you have any interest? Did you see the first Borat movie? You know, I saw it at, uh, or at least part of it, at Jimmy's house. Uh, we, we watched um, we watched uh, the the Packers and um, the Cowboys and Aaron Rodgers coming out party in twenty oh seven yeah okay yeah and 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 we watched a little bit of it there and so that's all what what did we watch twenty minutes of it or something and I think that's all I saw of it I thought I thought it was great because you know he was basically punking people and I love that so yeah oh yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so. I mean, the premise of the show, just real quick, is that um, because the first movie was successful in his, you know, his character from Kazakhstan, um, he was up. The his government was mad at him because even though the movie was successful, everyone in America was laughing at Kazakhstan. So he came back and they threw him in jail. But um, they they said, but then time passed and America ended up electing a president who was doing horrible, horrible things. And that was Barack Obama. <laughs> and, <laughs> but they had a new president who apparently is nice to all the dictators like Putin and so forth. So the Kazakhstan leader wants to get into the power circle with, with what they call McDonald Trump. Uh, <laughs> and so what he does is he sends Borat over to send him a sexy monkey to – oh, no, it's not just to Trump. They realize they can't get to Trump, so they – so what we have to do is get to get into his inner circle, and there's a ladies' man who is really susceptible to these things, and that's Mike Pence. So they, he's going over to America to give a monkey to Mike Pence so that he can get in good with Donald Trump's inner circle. I mean, that's how it that starts. Is, that is 
That it's is awesome. Gold. That's it's gold, just, Jerry. It's gold. It's gold, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I hope I didn't spoil it. Uh, but uh, no, that that, that sounds that sounds fantastic. I love that's that funny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, I am one episode away from finishing uh, the Queen's Gambit, and that's on Netflix. Uh, this will surprise no one who has listened to the podcast over the years. We we are a chess family here. Uh, at least uh, the uh, the guy that I watched the Packer games with was a, a nationally ranked uh, chess player uh, when he was uh, coming up the line. And uh, he has an expert rating at chess. And so um, he read the book when it was out. I think it came out in the first part of this century. Um, and now they've made it into a seven-part Netflix show. Um, and it stars uh, Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy, I believe her name is. And she is the next Jodie Comer. Um, she's, uh, you know, the, the woman plays Villanelle in um, Killing Eve. Both young British women none, who are... None of, none of anything you just said made any sense to me. I know, Killing know, Eve, I, I, I know, but... Um, well, it's it's the one who plays Villanelle in, in Killing Eve. She plays the assassin. The, the assassin, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know um, she was popular enough to be. Oh yeah, to be I mean, replaced. well yeah, yeah, she's 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 won an Emmy for that role. Okay. And uh, yeah, she's magnificent. And I, uh, this is kind of a an Emmy turn here that's being done by Anya Taylor Joy uh, in the role as the this young woman who's an orphan. Um, it turns out this is horrible. Her mother commits suicide by getting in a car wreck, so that's terrible. Uh, she winds up in an orphanage. Uh, she learns chess from the janitor at the orphanage. She's got amazing talent, you know, for an aptitude for the game. Um, you know, uh, growing up, uh, or growing up, I, I didn't have this personal experience. My son, you know, it kind of, you know, we found out accidentally that he was really good at this too, you know, and then she gets, you know, into tournaments and she does well and she wins. And it's very similar to the kind of situation we had around here. And, you know, next thing you know, she's playing in these regional then national and international tournaments. And my son never played internationally, but he, he, he did make it to the national level. And, you know, so she has this um, kind of coming out experience in that, um, very self-contained, you know, as you would imagine that they're stereotypical, you know, chess player. Uh, but when you start, you know, traveling and playing and exposed to different kinds of people, different ideas, the, the world kind of expands. Well, in her case, unfortunately, it expands toward addiction and alcoholism and, and you know, different down stuff like that. Um, luckily, that didn't happen for my son, but uh, it, it did bring him from a guy who, um, you know, um, you know, went from like cheeseburgers with nothing on it to, you know, eating the eyes out of salmon because his chess coach was a guy from Russia. And, you know, uh, he was exposed to a, literally a whole new you know world. His his friends were Chinese. His, you know, friends were from Ukraine. Uh, you know, they were people that didn't speak English as a first language. And so it was, a you know, playing chess for him, for my son, uh, was you know, not just the competitive stuff and the confidence. And he won a lot of money, you know, and played around the country, had a lot of really good experiences. But more than that, it was the people he met. And when you travel, you know, there's four guys that rent, a, you know, a hotel room. So when he went away to college, it wasn't the first time he had, you know, been in, you know, away from home with other people, you know, and then having to compete even when you're, you know, sleeping on the floor in a hotel room to be able to do that 
that kind of thing. And you learn about different people and, and different ways of life. And I think it has had a, had a big positive impact on a guy that was kind of, you know, maybe turned innards a little bit, you know, and chess, I think, opened up the world to him in, in more ways than just the game. And it, same experience for the, for the star of, um, of, the, of the Queen's Gambit. Um, it's, uh, you don't need to be, you know, have a master level rating of chess to appreciate this. Uh, the chess is uh, very accurate, and the tournament situation, the way they portray it, it's in the 60s, but it was true to how it was in the 90s as well. Um, so it's a, it's a realistic movie that way, um, and it's a, it's a tough story, but an interesting one. And I would recommend it if for no other reason. Anya Taylor Joy is uh, really, I think she's the one of the next great actresses. She's a, I think she's 24. She's British, and I think we're going to see a lot more of her. So I recommend The Queen's Gambit. Very good. Very All good. right. Okay. So let me see. Packers will play next week. Uh, they have got the uh, Minnesota Vikings coming up. That will be at Lambeau Field. Um, I didn't look at the forecast all week. I don't think, though, it's supposed to be even in the 40s all week. So looks like it's going to be cold, uh, be no fans. I don't know if we'll have still snow then, but we have snow right now on the ground in, in central Wisconsin. Uh, so winter, winter, not, a, not just winter is coming, Dave. Winter has arrived. <laughs> In in the central and the White Walkers are are on your front lawn, huh? That's that's exact. You know, it's really terrible. I, um, and I was after the game. I I went on the treadmill and then I came upstairs, and before I closed the the blinds, I looked outside, and the ground was white. I thought, no, this is what the twenty fifth of October. We're not even at Halloween yet. This is this is wrong. Yeah. But no, there, there it was, my friends. So I'm 2020 assuming, keeps kicking right in the crotch, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's usually this. You'll get even weather in the you know middle 40s and 50ish, and uh-uh, that's just not not been the way it's been around here. So 2020, my friends, uh, cannot end soon enough. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> so Packers will have the Vikings be outside, uh, five and one. Uh, I didn't see the score of the Bears game uh, t- tonight, but we'll they play tomorrow. Oh, they, they play, I, th- I thought it was tonight. Oh, right. Yeah, tonight well, is the Seahawks and uh, this Arizona, which it was close. Uh, actually, I'm showing it t- going to overtime, 34-34. Well, then you know Seattle's going to win. I mean, they got them just where they want. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Overtime. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, they're it's they're paying they do. the refs as we speak. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's hey, what they I, do. That's right. By the way, did you see uh, the post-game interview with Mike McCarthy? No. Oh, uh, no. Oh, he no. looks bad. I mean, oh. he looks absolutely horrible. And they were down. Uh, uh, Andy Dalton got hurt. He got taken out by a cheap shot. Well, I saw the result. And I, I'm hearing, you know, they, what I did see is, you know, the Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, you know, yeah. uh, conversation after the Packer game. And they, they look at each other like something's going wrong in Dallas. Like, it's just not good. And I think, oh, that poor McCarthy. I get him back home doing the coaching circle where they look at film and, you know, and his poor wife's like, oh, no, he's going to be home sooner than later. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, I think those contracts are guaranteed. I think he signed for four years, I think. He's so, not going to make it through the season. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't think so either. And, you know, they have enough money that they'll say, fine, just get rid of him and we'll, you know, and we'll start yeah. from scratch. And then Mike gets paid. Good for him. He can well, move back up but, here. You know, you know, that guy has pride. And I, that's going to be really tough for him to recover from. But I think 
what he should do is learn from it and be a quarterback coach somewhere, maybe even for a college team or something. But that's what I think he's good at. I think he's a really good quarterback coach and maybe even an offensive coordinator. But uh, and that's man, what Mike Sherman did, right? Coach. You know, yeah, he yeah. went college and yeah. High school Head coach of Dallas Cowboys. Man, who couldn't see that disaster coming? That I feel very bad for him. It does make me wonder, you know, how 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 long he stayed with us. Maybe that was not a great idea either. But um, he, he's in a tough spot in Dallas now. Oh, I just I I would not want to be him right now. Well, when when Prescott got hurt, I figured that you know that was it was not going to get better from there. And then when I saw that Dalton went out, and it was really a shitty. I mean, it was it was bad. It was a shot to the head. I saw as, that as part. It was going down. Yeah, that that was not good. Hey, speaking of shots to the head, I counted three times that Jamal Williams uh, helmet well, popped off. Well, well, twice the helmet popped off, but he he took three shots to the head, and not not one flag. I don't think was called. Yeah. No, and, no, 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 no. He got one. The one that, the he, first time that his helmet came off. That was oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah. all right, all right. But this is a guy you remember was it last year or two years ago where he missed a couple of games um who were they playing it was it was a monday night game i think it was it might have been seattle or washington i'm not i'm not exactly sure but he was you know he was out for a week or two i think uh got just lit up and so he's hitting a lot of big shots to the head and when i saw that happen today i thought yeah this is getting to be that multiple times with the head trauma business and uh i just hate to see that dreadlocks cushion it you know, that's the same thing. That's the same thing my son said. He's, you know, he said, "Well, th- that's probably a, a device that he has thought of to more cushion the blow." I think that's why the helmet was coming off, is because it well, always was say, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, he's but as thing just... but as it was, you know, he, he was he was taking some abuse in the old cabeza there. That was not good to see. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just hope he gets paid before that happens. I just don't think it's going to be with the Packers. But. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so either. The only only way I think it happens is if, uh, for some reason, Aaron Jones is just priced out of the market, and then they might do that as a fallback, you know, move. That you sign, you know, it'll be like signing a veteran, you know. Uh, yeah. In this case, it would be a veteran who was already on your already on your team. What they have to get is is AJ Dillon um, to be able to pick up blitzers and you know be somewhat of a threat as a receiver. Yeah. And hey, by the way, uh, did you hear Gary Ellerson talking about AJ Dillon thinking that maybe he needs to lose some weight? <laughs> Where? I, mean, I the, the guy's like he's cut like Adonis. Yeah. I mean, he's got he's got no this is no Eddie Lacy kind of, you know, overhang there in the belt. I mean, this guy is yeah, I, I there's no fat there at all. So, I don't yeah. know what they would want to do with that. I I I don't. I think he has a problem, especially with his weight. Well, uh, no, he's no guy. Eddie Lacy. That's right. But yeah, sometimes you know you have. Uh, they did an off season where they did a lot more car- uh, cardio, and and he slimmed down, and and uh, even like you know they'll say with Aaron Jones, you know he came in ten pounds lighter. It does seem like they miraculously find a way to do that. But um, I kind of want to see him be this bruising back, especially if he can be complimented with Aaron Jones. Um, and with Jamal Williams for this year, but yeah. I don't know if I want. I'd like to see him, and I want to see him get the ball in the goal line situation too. I want to see him be a guy that just bowls guys over. But well, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. We we've gone overtime as we always yeah. do. So Packers, uh, you know, will go back and they will look at the tape and they will look at the Vikings tape and they'll play again next Sunday. 
Packers against Vikings, Lambeau Field, the 5-1 and one Packers, the 1-5 and five Vikings. Mm, that, that part of 2020 is just fine. That's Yeah, that can continue indefinitely, that part of it. Yeah, so anyway, we're going to be back next week. We'll talk more about it. But until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers Therapy. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.